Hi, everyone, and welcome again to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, the pavement of podcasts. We are indie, we're loud, and we are awesome. <laughs> I, I am your host, Stephen Mockmas. No, I, I'm Brian. And uh, with me, as always, are Carrie. Hi, you really need to run your intros by us uh, <laughs> next time. Thank you. Just to my head. Richard? Hey, I'm still laughing. <laughs> and Darcy? At least you have Richard here to like be the laughter that your wife is not that's <laughs> yes. that, that's richard. probably why we have richard <laughs> do, do, doing my best uh ed mcmahon best uh andy richter i got your back it's, it's like we we invited carrie and carrie was like oh i'll have my wife on because she'll support me and then it was like no that didn't work so I let's bring on richard <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm drinking, by the way. Yes. So, so <laughs> she's gonna laugh. It's gonna happen today. Um, yeah, no. Um, so we do have a wonderful show today. We actually don't have a DIY corner, so we're just gonna jump into our spotlights. And I have a lot of spotlights, so I don't want to go first. So I'm going to say, let's go. Actually, let's go, um, Darcy. Um, I know it's not a book, but I mean, it's not a comic, but let's, let's go, let's start with you. Okay. Well, I had one of my library books, you know, I had, I said the last time I had a book here, uh, that I put all these library books in for whole and they were all like eight, nine, 12 weeks and had another one come in. So I am reading, uh, Iron Widow by, uh, Zran J. Zhao. Um, and it is, so far very fantastic it just came in like a couple of days ago and I just kind of was able to start reading it with for work so I'm not very far in but the idea is that in this world basically there are mechas um, that people are able to use and they use them by like boys are able to drive and they kind of suck the energy from their uh, quote-unquote concubines which are the girls that kind of help them drive they're like these really friggin' massive mechas um and uh in one of them uh the guy that's driving uh kind of takes so much energy from one of these girls that um he kills her and the uh, thing that happens is um and these these mechas are called chrysalises uh, and uh, one of the girls, uh, the, the sister of the girl who dies basically kind of vows vengeance and she's like, uh, fuck that boy. I'm going <laughs> to go and, and become a concubine myself and uh, take care of that nonsense. And she basically does. She through that psychic link, she uh, kills him <laughs> nice. and she comes out of it completely unharmed and gets labeled the Iron Widow. Um, and, uh, that's kind of the start of, you know, that's kind of what the book is. And, um, I'm not very far in, but she's like this really tough, bad kind of pilot person who comes out of that, like she's out of the concubine system. But again, I'm not very far in, I'm not really sure where all this is going and how it's going to end up, but I'm excited about it. It's really well written so far and I'm excited to see where it goes. Very cool. It sounds like it would make a really good comic. 
Well. It would make a really fantastic comic, I think. It's yeah. you know, it's kind of like Escaflone because it's got that magic kind of element to it. Meets Pacific Rim because it's a like multiple people in uh, one mecha kind of thing. So seems really cool. Nice. That sounds yeah. That sounds really awesome. Yeah, giant robots, magical girls. That sounds really cool. You know, and Darcy, you've actually inspired me to start going back to the library because mm-hmm. I Yay. every every book that I want to get I usually buy like from Barnes and Noble or like some independent bookstores around our area but I don't utilize libraries enough so I really should yeah I just since you know I'm so far away from everything libraries are most convenient for me and also inflation is a bitch and I'm barely affording food right now so yeah (laughs) libraries are so much more attractive for me yeah for sure support your local library it's very important because it's pretty amazing what they have still for free to this day so please everyone do that right now after listening (laughs) okay how about uh carrie okay want to go next i will go next um so as always, I didn't have a spotlight originally. Brian recommended a book um, because that is part of our wedding vows is that he constantly has to show me comic books. As long as she doesn't laugh. <laughs> and so um, I, I read Grimm number one by Stephanie Phillips. And if that name's familiar to anybody who's listened previously, it's because we covered um, her book, The Butcher of Paris before. And um, uh, artist is uh, Flaviano uh, Letterer is uh, Rico Renzi, and then uh, Tom Nap. I'm gonna butcher this last name. I'm sorry. Napolat Napolitano um, is also yeah. on the book, and it's boom. And basically, Grim is about um, a Grim Reapers because there are multiple. And um, the first person that we're introduced to is a man named Brian. He ends up dead in a car accident. And he didn't realize because he had been drinking. And so the Reaper that we're introduced to is Jess. And um, she's kind of just like the grim Reaper that takes him through uh, what we would know as the River Styx into what is essentially my worst nightmare, a fucking waiting room full of like <laughs> thousands, hundreds of thousands of souls waiting to get called. It's like the DMV on crack. And it just gave me anxiety in this scene because like they were literally at like, at number like 240,700 and something. And it was just like, oh fuck, I hate this already. <laughs> so as just, and like this guy, Brian, he's saying like, oh, I just confessed my love to my ex and I drank too much and I shouldn't have been there. And he's going through all of the feelings of, um, you know, like remorse, and like regret and, and grief, you know, because he's realizing that he is no longer of the living world. So Jess is not there for any of it. You know, she's like, whatever, this is my job. I escort you. I'm done. Like my duty has been fulfilled. Well, the only way, and stop me if I'm wrong at any point, but the only way that her as a reaper can travel on the river sticks is with her scythe. Mm-hmm. And so, and I don't know the lore enough to like, know if that's like actually from lore, but like, whatever. So um, she finds out as she speaks to some other reapers that she's um, missing her scythe. And so she puts two and two together really quick. And Brian has stolen the scythe to Go, try to go back to see his beloved ex 
And so um, she follows him back to like the human world. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, they can't see you. We are parallel to their world. Like, dude, you're dead. Get over it. And um, they, they, they tussle and um, she's trying to get her scythe back. And then all of a sudden there's like a beat cop who's like, get the fuck up. You're drunk. You need to go home and sober up. And she's like, what you can, she's like, you can see me. And he's like, yeah, you know, like you're shit based. Get out of here before you, before I arrest you. And so they realize at that point that she is crossed over from the realm of the dead to the world, the realm of the living in some way. And that now she can be seen by humans. And so that's kind of where it ends. And um, there is a quick epilogue where there is another like entity named Adira, I think is how they say the name. And um, Adira is told that Jess has lost her sight. And so she makes an analogy to like, no matter how much you nurture this plant or this rose or flower or whatever, it rots and it dies. So um very creepy little ending like little epilogue to it Mm -hmm. so it it was really cool I wasn't a huge fan of the artwork I'm not really um I thought the coloring was great um it's very saturated and there's a lot of like fun purples and reds and everything which is what I really liked in blues but um the the artwork for the people I, I I think I'm just not a fan of like non-chibi non-cutesy looking people I think that's just me and so I'm sure the artwork's fantastic it just wasn't like aesthetically appealing to me but I love the coloring and I thought the story was really clever because it um uh it kind of plays into the well I thought you know the Grim Reaper the stereotype of like big hulking dude under a black cloak with the scythe and bony hands and all this (laughs) shit and and it's like kind of like this hot punk rock looking girl who's like escorting brian so that was kind of fun and it's a fun read i'm excited to see where it goes nice it has a very anime uh style um artwork on it uh very very influenced by by manga and um, I, I like it. It's, I, it's, it's good art, but, um, but I, I can totally see. don't see how it looks like anime. Oh, the eyes and are they're very expressive, like very. But, but I, uh, we can agree to yeah. disagree because I, I think expressive eyes are just expressive eyes. I don't yeah. think that's like a manga it, or anime style. It looks more like a like a so, like a modern sojo like manga to me. But okay, that's just me. No, I mean whatever. But yeah. I don't want to have a, a domestic. <laughs> we're not, we're not even, we're even fighting. A kerfuffle. To quote Darcy from earlier. Yes. I pretended that was bad at caring. When I read it, it seemed like uh, Darcy was a police officer calling it in. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if I need to. <laughs> we uh we got a domestic in a uh, Facebook uh, Facebook uh, messenger CDB chat. Uh... <laughs> all units, all units. That frowny face was a slip of my. Of my I assumed that, and then also I, I was just like, I didn't even totally see the okay. frowny face. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even see the frowny face. I just, saw, just saw the his reaction. I was like, why are you yelling at your wife? <laughs> and, and the thing was, is that I was laughing at it as I was. Talking. I know. And, and in it real was life so too. funny because I saw. Um, this, I was like, so, what? I'm, I'm going to side with Carrie. This does not look like manga. Thank you. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it doesn't really look like manga. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, 
I have a Sorry, Brian. Page. I know I'm here to support you, but you can't you can't get them all. <laughs> okay. Well. You know what though? If it was black and white, I feel like it maybe still wouldn't it'd be look like, like a manga. No, no, it looked like something more like a Senin manga. But like, no, it doesn't look like manga. <laughs> That one right there. Right? Yeah. I don't think you're going to Oh, just those eyes. Yeah. Sorry. It's that pedal. I'll sick it. Okay. Well. And Brian died on that manga eye panel hill. That one, that one panel. If you take out all the color. Welcome to our last episode. You have to take out entirely. You'd have to take out all the color. You'd okay. have to texture. You'd have to change the line work in the background. You know what? <laughs> I said I said influence. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Listeners, email. Let, 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 let's hear from you. You know. <laughs> and if I'm wrong. Uh, I'll admit I'm wrong. No worries. Maybe it's maybe it, maybe it's from a manga car I don't read. Yeah. Totally possible. It's the only one I read. Possible. We haven't read the podcast. Disagree. Yeah. And, and also, I'm, I'm familiar with Flaviano's artwork. When you said that, I should have flagged it in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the artwork. I like the artwork. Whether, whether or not it's it's no, I do like manga inspired. It is great artwork. I like it. <laughs> and I love the design on the uh, the female Grim Reaper. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Jess is also. I like the side. That's really pretty. And there, mm-hmm. there's a part where she goes total skull face as well. Which oh, yeah. Cool. That part was creepy. That was yeah. cool. So that was very manga inspired, in my opinion. Oh, my no. God. Okay. <laughs> no, no, now I appreciate the double down. Now with Brian. Now with Brian now. There's no need to double down at that point. He did it anyway. Why not? So I'm with them. <laughs> All right. Well, then, in that case, uh, Richard, why don't you go next before I dig my hole deeper over here? Oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. Uh, <laughs> this week, I checked out Good Luck Number One. It's also uh, from Boom Studios. Uh, it's uh, by Matthew Ehrman, Stefano Simeon, and uh, Mike Fiorentino. So, this book is uh, this book, it has a fascinating premise. So, we, were, we, were, we have a little prologue at the beginning. It starts out, it's a little Kentucky, Ohio, 1989. It just labels it as ground zero. Normal people living their normal lives. Then all of a sudden, two god beings of luck appear. One of good luck, one of bad luck. And it was basically, whichever one you were touched by, you, is that's the luck you'd be infected. The bad luck is uh, kind of a red god. It looks like a bald woman. And then the uh, good luck kind of look, he's goldish. And he kind of looks like a, maybe a surfer dude. But basically, if you got touched by good luck, you got good luck. And if you got touched by bad luck, you got bad luck. But what ends up happening is that the good luck and bad luck gods accidentally touch themselves. And, like, there's an incident. (laughs) So now we're fast forward 30 30 years later. Everyone in the world has some sort of, like, luck quotient. They're, you know, either, like, to the bad luck spectrum or the good luck spectrum. And we meet our, uh, well, one of our main protagonists, uh, his name is uh, Artemis. And Artemis is, there's something different about him. And what we find out is that he has no luck at all, somehow. He, he, he has not even bad luck or good luck, just no luck. And, but I guess no luck is also considered to being unlucky. So he's on to this, he's on a team that they're going to a spot called the Kismet Zone uh, to retrieve uh, let's call it uh, 
the MacGuffin of this. Yeah. Basically, it's like <laughs> if they're able to retrieve this like luck egg, they can maybe you know fix things because the whole luck, everything with everyone's luck is out of whack. So he's been running these simulation simulations for seven years as part of a team. And they always fail in the end and they have to be retrieved. Hopefully, you know, they don't die. The two other members of the team are Hildy and Cherry. And there's a fourth member who, um, since Artemis was late, he hasn't met yet. And his name is a test pilot. Pretty on the nose. <laughs> so they go through the simulation. They lose test pilot before Artemis even gets there. And what ends up happening is they're, you know, on their backs, they're going to die. And then test pilot is, he just like appears out of nowhere and gets the egg. And this is the first time they've kind of completed the scenario. Now that they've shown that they can complete it, they're going to go to the real Kismet Zone and try it for real. Because like the whole key is that in the Kismet Zone, it's actually Little Kentucky, Ohio, where the two gods originally touched. And basically the people's lives are like stuck in some sort of like weird limbo. And this whole world of luck and bad luck only exists in theory. But like if they can get this egg out, they can fix it and go back to the old world. And these people with no luck have nothing to lose. So basically they're willing to send them on a suicide mission. Uh, Cherry really, 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 really resents Test Pilot for like being successful after she's working at this for seven years and failed multiple times but they both think that they're going to fail. And so they're heading to the, uh, we, we, when we get to the end, they head into the Kismet Zone, or they're heading towards the Kismet Zone, rather. But then we see what goes on inside the Kismet Zone. And basically, the two gods are in there just vibing together, but it looks like they, uh, they have procreated. And the thing that they procreate, which uh, the bad luck god calls good luck, it looks just like Test Pilot. And that's how we end our first issue. <laughs> oh. So now it is a fun book. Mm-hmm. However, the words luck and bad luck and some sort of formation of the word luck is used in a uh, Smurf-like scenario. So it's like, you're the luckiest luck that ever lucked the luck. And it <laughs> is a little irritating to read. <laughs> we like, go luck yourself. <laughs> But yeah, it's a fun premise. It's an interesting book. It's super, super colorful. Really, really love the colors. But yeah, no, it's a fun book. But just reading it, I was just like, yo, if this MFR says luck one more time, <laughs> I, might, I might break this tablet. Uh, so I read this entire series when it originally came out. And oh, nice. yeah, expect more luck, 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 luck. luck. <laughs> yeah, I didn't um, think it was going away. I, I it, is, it is pretty good though. Is, if you continue, if you want to continue on, I, I definitely recommend. This no, is what actually will. that's been kind of on my list of like, do I suggest this as a uh, main subject? Actually, oh, I was oh cool, cool. About it. But I will get into my main subjects very soon during my uh, spotlight here too, because I came up with something earlier. But um, but yeah, um, actually it was the I don't know if you've seen the cover for issue number two. Is that's the cover that maybe like want to read the whole series because I just think it's like really cool, like just with the oh, yeah, god nice just cover. like looking at through the sky. That yes. was really cool, and like yeah, the color work is cool. It's not manga esque, but I, I still like it. You know. <laughs> Damn it! This is your brand now. <laughs> sure, why not? Oh, God. Okay, now I think mean, that'll be the last time Thank for you. now, at least. Um, all right, well, 
Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and, and start my spotlight. So a couple things. Uh, I was able to do a major catch-up on a lot of graphic novels I've been wanting to read. And I was like, well, you know what? As long as I keep these short, you know, like I'm going to do more than one spotlight. You know, as long as I'm not doing a full spotlight length for four books, I'm pretty sure it won't be too bad. <laughs> so this is an experiment. Hopefully it doesn't go <laughs> too bad, but I, I do have four books I want to talk about today. Uh, before also, uh, I read, there was a book I was going to make my main spotlight which was a book, uh, a memoir called uh, The High Desert. And I decided instead, the next time I get a suggestion, like a book to uh, to recommend for the episode, that's the book we're going to do is, is The High Desert. So I'm leaving it off my, my list right now. But that also inspired me is that there's so many musical-based uh, comics and graphic novels that I've been wanting to do as, as subjects that for the my next, like, at least five choices through the cycle that we're going through the episodes, I'm going to choose a music-based comic. To uh, So whenever you get to me, every four episodes, you'll uh, you'll probably have a, a music-based uh, graphic novel or comic as my main subject. So hope you all enjoy. Mm-hmm. And that starts with the high desert, because that's about, it's about the punk scene in Apple Valley, California in the 90s. <laughs> you can only imagine. Um, <laughs> all right. So I got Swim Team by Johnny Christmas, uh, Harper Alley. Uh, I talked about this when it was announced because I like Johnny Christmas a lot. He did Tartarus. Um, It's about an academically overachieving girl who moves from Brooklyn to Florida and ends up having to take a swim class, and she does not know how to swim. Uh, She's also African-American, and she makes a comment that basically that, you know, that's why she doesn't know how to swim. However, it follows her through her journey. Uh, from despising swimming to learning how to swim and eventually becoming a member of the school swim team. The story correlates with the negative relationship most African-American people have with POC and also other POCs in the U.S. about um, swimming, mostly due to racist banning and attacks that they had in previous generations and also that do occur to this day. So it's a it's a book. It's a very nice high middle grade um to high school all ages book has a, a nice meaning a historical representation as well as it's just a great story altogether about a one one girl so it's a it's a good book um next is the stone king by cat mcdonald and tyler crook uh from comiXology it's about a thief in a small like fantasy town who out whose outskirts are run by a giant stone goliath accent that is accidentally disrupted by this thief um, while harvesting this much-needed healing moss that's on the shoulders of this giant, and the the Stone King monster starts attacking the city. So it's up to her, her um, up to her and a fairly new city guard to find the jewel that she accidentally stole, or she didn't accidentally steal it; she just saw it, she stole it. But um, and the giant apparently wants it back, so. Uh, she has to team up with the city guard, even though obviously they're on the other sides of the law of each other. They team up and in order to make it back to the Stone King and return that jewel. Uh, the book is more about like the unfair class system 
that uh, keeps the poor poor and the rich rich, and that it's, it's nearly impossible in this story to break out of these molds that the system has created. And though the giant is attacking the entire city, the poor seems to be the ones that are mostly hurt. And really the only reason why the rich care is because they make money off that healing moss and stuff. So they just want you know the, the financial benefits of it and they don't give a shit about the people that are getting hurt killed you know as long as they can but it's, it's better for them because they have to buy more moss because they're hurt so <laughs> there's also a giant irish wolfhound uh looking dog that uh, the, that is it's big and the main character rides it around like a like a horse and it's pretty awesome so um next i have miss quinces by kat fajardo from scholastic it's a follows a 14 year old girl named siapa who follows the beat of her own drum and is forced to visit her extended family in honduras over the summer instead of hanging out with her friends what, what is worse is that her strict mother is forcing her to have a quinceanera for her 15th birthday uh which is something that she definitely did not want to do at all however a compromise is made and she's able to go to the camp that she can at the end of the summer with her friends if she's goes along with having the quinceanera so the story is about family and it's like in its basis about finding one place in it and also finding kind of like you know you know basically how to get along with them, even though, you know, especially in the teenager years and everyone in your in your family, even the ones that are the same age as you are, it's a very antagonistic relationship. Um, um, is uh, Vin Diesel there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they all have Cronus. I feel like if end. it's about a story about families, Vin Diesel is actually the one having the quinceanera. No. Uh, we... <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's also, you're kind of realizing that like family members, even though like, you feel like they're out to get you they're actually there to protect you and like they might they might not be doing it the right way but they're you know everyone's everyone's intentions are, are positive you know even though like it's like i hate you and like like i can't believe you would do this to me like i'm so mortified it's like no it's they're trying to help you <laughs> you just don't see that right now um what I really liked about this story was the character growth. Everyone, especially Siyapa and her mother, have serious, serious growing in the story. And that's what made me love it because it's just it's, it's fun to see the flaws worked out on both a parent and a child in a relationship. You know, it's not it wasn't a one-sided fix. It's both of these both of these entities in this relationship needed to fix something and they both did towards the end of the book spoiler alert um the, the characters are very relatable because of that and um also uh one of the compromises that uh Suyapa gets to wear some kick-ass like doc martin boots underneath her quinceanera dress which i think is pretty awesome <laughs> so um last one is adora in the distance by mark bernardin ariella christiana Brian Valenza and Bernardo Bryce on Comicsology. Uh, Dora's a young girl who uh, was discovered by her adoptive parents as an infant and now lives happily in the city uh, with them. Uh, this, was, this one also takes place kind of in the fantasy world as well. Uh, however, uh, Adora starts having bad dreams that, uh, that are tormenting her every night and she finds out that a dangerous phenomenon called the distance is coming for her and destroying everything in its wake. Well, Adora is no slouch and decides, you know what, I'm going to go meet the distance, you know, before it starts destroying more things, you know, just let's, it's coming for me. Gonna go, I'm going to come go get it so it doesn't destroy as much stuff as it possibly could. So 
she she sets off. Uh, she basically kind of has like a fellowship of the ring style of a group that's that's uh, protecting her on the way. Uh, the journey is, is pretty hard, and like some of the pe- people of this uh, group uh, start start falling, but um, Adora just is pure courage and pure like love, and and just keeps on persevering. Um, the story does have a surprise ending. I'm not going to get into it. It's I'm not going to spoil spoil it, but it it um. It was pretty heartfelt. I usually don't uh, read afterwards, but the way that the twist ending is, I had to read the afterward and I found out why Mark Bernard basically the purpose of writing this book was was the twist ending. And so I don't want to get spoil it at all, but it, it was really interesting. And it actually made me love the book even more once I found out why he wrote the book. So those are my four. Hope Very you cool. all enjoyed. You guys have any comments or questions about any of those um really quick yes as a latina yes if i never got a quince i really wanted a quinceanera i i didn't get one mm-hmm. um because of weird uh cultural things my family goes through but as i've gotten older i've always been jealous of people who've had one if anybody told their kids how much fucking bank they would make from family members by having a quince, by having their first holy communion and their confirmation, everybody would want to have these things because your family <laughs> throws down cards full of cash if you're doing these landmark things. I have told that to my nephews and nieces constantly, like, make your grandparents happy, just do your sacraments, they will pay you to do them. And right. I, just think, I just think that's something that uh, people should know about. Because uh, they've always, they were always very lucrative as children. So I was always jealous that I never had one. <laughs> That's it. Um, one time at my job, I went to a room to deliver champagne. Nice family. They were there celebrating because the next day they had rented out part of the hotel to throw a hundred and fifty thousand dollar quince, mm-hmm. quinceanera, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And like it was one of those things. I was just like, "That's neat." Also, that's insane. And then, yeah. like, I walked, I walked into the ballroom where they were decorating. Like, they had like giant inflatable martini glasses for, so for this insane. children's party. And so I was just insane. like, like, if you have the money, I guess, I guess so. Also, like, I wish I was at the party. I'm sure it was awesome. Also, oh, yeah. it was pure insanity. <laughs> it's like not necessarily a party for children, even though you're celebrating your quote-unquote right now it's like a party to be like look how 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 Extravagant. much I celebrate my child yeah yeah mm-hmm. at my co- co- not even my confirmation at my first holy communion party i was 10 and i remember specifically i hated that bullshit I, you have to wear a little white i have problems with putting children in white dresses like they're getting married and that's something that catholics do and and latin families and i mean i can go into that another time but like I remember specifically hating my my uh, first holy communion. I came home to a party with all my favorite foods at 11 a.m. because it's an early morning mass. I had pan dulce. I had a tole. Everybody cooked for me. I got all like all my favorite foods as a little kid, and everybody did it like you are. Tra- I guess traditionally, like you give cash. So as a little kid, I was just getting envelopes full of cash Mm. and I didn't understand it. And my parents were like, yeah, this is what like you do. And I'm like, this is, I, I, as a child, I knew that that was a good way to make money. 
<laughs> and so I made sure that I did my confirmation for the exact same reason because um, my religion can be bought. Not because it's like, like a good Catholic. <laughs> because of Benjamin. So, yeah. That's uh, that's all I wanted to. Uh, how that's weird. that's how you get children into religion. I feel because that was yeah, un- no, unleavened bread was torture. You know, <laughs> yeah. What we, yeah. you know, you have to go through a week of not eating leavening and having to go through cleaning the entire house and oh. and and making sure you don't have a crumb of bread or cookies or anything like that. But at the end, you get to go through a big feast and. Yeah uh you get money at the end if you're a kid yeah. so yeah straight cash homie yeah <laughs> it's not a, it's not great but i i see why you know i see why people do it it must be wild now too because i'm sure like the kids are like just zelby or cash happy like you can't even be like oh i, I forgot it be like look here <laughs> i'm running run an operation here <laughs> exactly. my parents won't like, sell my pal- my parents still give me cash like when i pick something up the store and i'm like you know you can just do this on the phone they're like nope here's a bunch of 20s and i'm like first of all this only cost me like five dollars to buy you a thing of milk but sure, mm-hmm. I'll take a 20. I don't yeah. have anything to give you change with except for the last 20 you gave me, and I'm not giving it back. It's right? like a, a, a kind of a shadow way to, to give your kids money, I think. Yeah, probably. Know. It's like, oh, like, oh, you bought me this $2 thing. Here's 100 you know, like, or yeah. 50 you know. Like, but Darcy, sure. you do have to explain to them that it's the future. That's why I always tell people, but but it's the future. We can but do this. Exactly. You can Venmo me $100. That's fine. My, my dad will still go mijita mijita come here and he'll like whisper to me so I go over to him like in whatever part of the house and he's like here I have some money take it and I'm like no I don't want it and he's like no 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 it's mine and I want to share it with you and like it'll be like it'll be like a couple of ones inside the fucking ones are like three 20s so he purposely wraps it up so it doesn't look like a lot that's sweet and I'm like I love my dad so much but like i I feel bad, but also I'm like, thank you, Daddy. <laughs> That's really helpful. I, I appreciate this. Yeah. I'm like, I can get gas now. Thank you. So, so Yafa, with only three twenties, I'm not sure. Oh no, that's not even a full tank. Yeah. On my car, that is like three quarters that's like, of a tank. The, Okay, now three twenties is like four gallons. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Hard times, Daddy. Hard times. Exactly. Like, come on more 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 please um, yeah. so what uh, i was gonna say really quick is that i think one of the reasons why i like miss kinsey's a lot is because siapa reminded me of carrie um <laughs> really her favorite color is black yeah and um and she has like glasses and she's kind of like the, the cool like nerdy you know like teenager that everyone i kind of feel like wanted to be when they were a kid oh that um, is he's ass kissing for the whole manga thing <laughs> like, um, so at, at the end there's some stuff that happens in the middle of the book um that i don't want to get into because once again that's kind of a big spoiler of the book but it ends up there's she gets kind of the quinceanera that she wanted um uh, and she and so her um her quinceanera dress even though everyone was against her having a black dress, she gets basically black plus like kind of the bottom oh, bodice cool. at the end. Let me see if I can, like that. Oh, you know? yeah. And so really just that style reminded me of Carrie as well. Oh, so, that was like my wedding dress, yeah. aka black t shirt, white mm-hmm. skirt. Yes. That, that's me supporting. Yeah, every once in a while I'll go on a say yes to the dress binge on YouTube, like little clips and everyone, you know, oh, I want a black wedding dress. And all the bridesmaids are like, No, you can't do that. And I'm like, let the bitch have a black wedding dress. Yeah. Leave her yeah. alone. 
Yeah. She's getting married. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's pretty, that is pretty cool. Um, so, any, any questions during the distance or uh, I, I read the very start of Swim Team uh, uh-huh. before my candle died, and oh. then I started reading Iron Widow because mm-hmm. I my candle still dead because <laughs> I haven't charged <laughs> it yet. <laughs> um, oh, uh, and it's really good. I thought it was murdered. Oh no! It it just uh, the battery died, and oh. I have to I have to gotcha. walk to no, that, somewhere else to no, no, don't get explain the plug, anymore. and I'm lazy. That, that makes more sense. I'm just, I'm just not smart. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, now the the plug's in a thing, and I have to walk, and I'm like walking, walking. Uh, to the other end of my RV. Yeah. Oh my god! So Jesus. <laughs> you have to train those cats. Yeah, I was you like, train cat. those cats to like plug this in for me. You know how many times I started tried- it. And I mean, it's good, and I will finish it. Oh yeah, after it, Iron Widow, it's super good. So, Darcy, yeah, we'll, cat, cat question. Yes. Okay, so I am house sitting cats currently. I'm on a break, so I'm going to be mm. going back on Friday uh, for about uh, almost a month. And um, one of the cats, Cosmo, bless him, he's mm. 18 years old and he has kidney failure, so mm. he's on a special diet. Um, he likes to stand on me at 4 a.m. and meow loudly in my face Mm. to wake me up and I follow him and that he wants to eat like ravenously Mm. but he his feeding times 6 30 do all cats do that this feeding times when his he wants 30 oh okay it's when he wants it's four (laughs) oh even though his parents tell me it's 6 30 his feeding time really four okay um yeah no um you know his parents can make it when when they want it to be but he might want just a little bit you know he sometimes they just want a little bit of food and you can you can trick them by giving them just a little bit of something oh that'll help me go back to bed thank you yeah okay cool thanks maybe like a treat or something just like to tie them over well all right yeah so team was really good yeah all those books definitely recommend um, no, the, oh, the only thing I had to add is that with the uh, miskinsis, I just love that. Like, that's a scholastic book that just, again, they're giving the kids this medium to get these stories that, like, we didn't get back in the day. Just mm-hmm. appreciated, enjoy other cultures, learn a couple mm-hmm. lessons, get them while they're young because you know people that you know with far uh, worse ideas are trying to uh, indoctrinate you know children so mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, all, all four of those books I didn't even realize it until you just mentioned that are all like you know teenager to to like tween books oh, yeah. and and they all have like messages that are important to, as an adult to know yeah, so just I'm just dope like, inclusive messages yeah, you know exactly different perspectives of different cultures mm-hmm. it's all great <laughs> yes, absolutely it's definitely so if you guys don't mind i might do this the next couple of weeks as well for my spotlight I have at least two or more books if, if you guys don't mind the way i did it today no i liked it Okay, but if we right. do mind, do like we bully you into not doing it? How does this work? Then um, I will have a tantrum, and then I'll no, he won't have a tantrum. <laughs> he'll get off the podcast like at the normal time, and he'll just sit there and he'll look sad. And I'll be like, "Babe, what's wrong? What did I do wrong? Did I make somebody mad? Did I say something wrong? Oh. Nobody wants my. Nobody likes my idea." And right? Then, Is it gonna be like uh, when uh, Reverend Lovejoy's played with the trains? 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it's going to be. Leave me with my trains. <laughs> and if you look to your left, you'll see a sad man. <laughs> right. But is it a main main course time? Yeah, I think it is main course time. So we have waves by Ingrid Chabert and Carol Morel, 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 and uh, Morel, and uh, it's uh, from Boom slash Arkaya. I can't even say the company's name, so it's not just the person's, just Brian. Um, the if it's not manga, I, I can't read it. Um, and <laughs> this <laughs> was this was Darcy's pick. So, um, Darcy, you want to give us a quick rundown on the book and uh, why you chose it for this week? Yes. Um, the there's also a translator listed. I'm oh. not sure about that uh the translator listed is edward uh galvin um so i yeah i don't know that was um i I wasn't sure about that either i don't know if it was translated into another language from english uh, but i i saw that there was a translator listed so um i have no clue um waves is i want to uh preface all of this with a content and trigger warning for uh, pregnancy problems, specifically uh, stillbirth, though also miscarriage, um, and also potentially uh, mental health concerns, depression, potentially suicide might come into discussion, uh, anything around that topic that you think might come in we haven't had the discussion yet so I don't know what might come in but anything that might connect to that might possibly come into this discussion so I'm prefacing before I say anything uh, this is a very sad book <laughs> so um, a lot uh, a lot heavier than the cute art would belie <laughs> yes. when I was reading it I was like oh oh <laughs> Yeah, this this is a fairly heavy book, so I just want to offer anyone listening sort of a warning before I get into it. And I'm going to pause for a second because I'm about to cough. One moment, please. Okay, excuse me. I'm getting a cold, I think. Um, so Waves is about, it's kind of a autobiography, though kind of a little distant. The main character is never named, but it's based on the experiences Ingrid had when she uh, lost a pregnancy. I'm not super, um, I've, I've not read exactly at what point Ingrid lost her pregnancy, so I'm not 100% sure how close of an autobiography this is. So it's kind of a biography, autobiography story. I'm not entirely sure. Inspired by her real experience, though. Exactly. It's very much inspired by her real experience with a um, pregnancy that failed. The story itself is about a young woman and her partner who are attempting to have a pregnancy. They have, you know, have had problems already. The main character... (laughs) We don't know exactly what her problems conceiving have been. We just know she's had problems. They finally are able to conceive, um, but she starts having problems fairly early on. 
low, low, low blood pressure, I think. Uh, and she starts bleeding. So she goes into the hospital and sort of stays for a significant part of her pregnancy. Um, fairly late into the pregnancy, though, again, I don't think we're given an exact date. She starts to deliver. Um, they know it's a boy. She starts to deliver and the baby is born dead. Um, and she suffers significant physical harm. Again, I'm not entirely sure we're told exactly what that harm is. We know she has to go into surgery. We're shown later that she's got a scar on her side. Um, and she has to stay in the hospital for a significant time afterwards. We know that her partner, her wife, I don't know if they're married. Are they married? It doesn't she's say called her. Yeah, she's called her partner. Um, so I'm not sure if they're married, but her partner. She's called her partner, but in a, um, Ingrid's real, you know, life, it was her wife. She does. Yeah, I, I think that's. So I, I, I assume that they confused. seemed married. They seemed they, married. They, they very much seemed married. And I think that might be why I'm getting it confused. Uh, right. Her partner or wife, um, ha, you know, she's going to going out and speaking with like her parents uh, she's going out and every day so she's she's in the hospital long enough to where nobody can stay with her a hundred percent of the time she's like losing time the whole book is bracketed with her going in and out of what are either nightmares or like her mental projections of being in kind of like this ocean that are made up of either like book pages or blood, whatever it is, depending on her mental state. Finally, she's able to get out of the hospital like she's well enough to leave. And uh, the two of them go to group therapy for people who have lost their children. Um, and gradually they are able to kind of I don't know, move forward. Um, the main character decides while she was pregnant, she was kind of telling stories to her son um, and journaling. And she decides she wants to write a book and get it published like a children's book, which Ingrid um, is kind of most famous for writing children's books. So she's writing a children's book and she decides to get it published for the most part, like she gets, for the most part, for, at first she gets denied um, by many publishers. Then finally she gets accepted. Uh, her book gets published and she and her wife kind of go to the seaside and they read it to their son. The end. And that's the book. Yeah. So. I looked it up. Um, in, she's from the south of France, so this might have been originally in French and got translated. That makes English, sense. So, but yeah, yeah, it's a short book, uh, but it goes through so much. Yeah, no, um, no, it, there's so much just depth in this book that like you can read in minutes. In all honesty, but it's so deep and it's so heavy. And I mean, so much of it for me was a. Uh, be a great use of color you know <laughs> as I'm reading it I'm like oh okay like 
the somber, you know, when it's more somber times, it might turn black and white, or you'll, there'll be only mm -hmm. one person in the page that has any color on their person, whether it be on their clothing or themselves. Mm -hmm. But like just a lot of strategic use of color to really get the emotions of each scene. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that that part after mm -hmm. while she's in the hospital is the color slowly comes back in. Mm -hmm. And it was it was different parts like it was sh like shirts came back at first, but it wasn't always shirts and it wasn't mm -hmm. everybody's shirt and it like wasn't the same color. It was it would have been so easy to make it like one thing or one color, mm -hmm. but it was it wasn't strategic color coming back in. And I thought that fit very well with depression. Mm -hmm. Like it's not simple. Absolutely not. I uh this book fucking wrecked me. It was so good. <laughs> um it was Oh yeah, thank you for that, Carrie. I don't think I used the word good, but you know, this book is so good. It's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's yeah. a, it's it's a bummer, it's, but like it's yeah, just it's so an amazingly good. well done book. The ending too really makes it like it's a happy ending, you know, in like kind of making do with what you have and moving on. So I'd I'd also like to point out something that's kind of nuanced. Um the only hospital staff that treated the um the main characters, the couple, with any kind of gentleness or any kind of tenderness were um, the nurses. And the scene where she's losing her son and losing the baby, the doctor is male and he's cold. Mm -hmm. He says, like, there's nothing we can do. Your baby is dying. You know, there's no sense in crying about this. And, and I think as women, there's something to that. When you have a quote unquote woman issue or vagina issue, and you're dealing with someone who does not have your anatomy and is not childbearing or can't conceive children. And is there's a huge disconnect and between the, the two people and the way that it in a couple of panels um Ingrid beautifully illustrates and writes this whole scenario it, in what's not said and what is said I understood completely even though we have not gone through a, um, a situation where we've lost children Brian and I have gone through situations where we can't have children and that is horrible in its own way. So it, you, you understand where some, like someone is, even though it's their job, even though they're doing everything correctly and right, they're, <laughs> that bedside manner is bullshit. And, and you see that in, in the experiences that Ingrid writes about. And it's very, um, that part really got to me. I was like, oh, this, you know, in, in the depths of your most uh, horrible and um, tumultuous times and emotional times of going th something through, going through something that's so traumatic and so tragic, you have somebody very plainly say, well, there's nothing we can do. We've done all we can. There's no use crying. And it's just like, even it, in those few words and in the way it was written you felt that and and you're like oh fuck like that is not 
being written for a joke or that is not being written to be like extravagant that's the brutality and the reality of this situation and you really you really do understand that when you're reading it you're like oh this is this is the way it is for so many people in this situation and that part just uh, besides the fact that she was losing the child that part tore me up because it's it's just like kicking you when you're already down so to speak so that really got to me but it's really good really really good one of the parts that really tore me up is when they're in group therapy and I was just like why is this tearing me up more than the actual narrative because just little the other people saying their little anecdotes and their little struggles just like a punch in the gut mm-hmm. um also a few I want to say about three three and a half years ago I, my cousin actually had this very situation um I will tell you one of the saddest and yet emptiest things you can ever go to is like a baby's funeral, but a baby that you've never met. It's one of the, it's, I, I, I can't even really describe that feeling. Like I can't, don't, can't describe it at all what it was for my cousin, but just be there. Cause it's like, it's the most tragic thing I've ever participated in, but also it's for a human being that I've never met, never seen. So like, there's also like a longing, like, I don't, it's, it it was just such a unique feeling and unique experience as far as like, you know, a particular tragedy. And Mm -hmm. then when you're closer to it, I can not even imagine what it's like. I mean, fortunately, my cousin had a, you know, an elder daughter before that, and they've had two little girls since, you know, that they're happy and healthy, but still, you know, there's like for them, I'm sure they live with it every day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I even outside of the book, I I love any um, positive representation of therapy, and this was like one of the best representations I've seen. True, in a very yeah. long time. Like, you know, like it's not it's not the one hundred percent problem solver, but it could definitely get you there, you know, where you need to be. So, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Also when it comes to comic book like i love when comic books do things that only comic books can do and we've already talked about the coloring and how you know like i mean i guess you kind of do that in the movie but just the way the coloring works i don't think they would work in a movie um and the you know like the color goes out when it's the, the complete sad and bluest bleakest moments and the colors come back in gradually once the happiness kind of come creeps back in and as well as you have two progressive stories that are going along with the story. Um, the 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 story that that the uh, Ingrid, I, I guess, the main character, is making up for her son, and as well as the um, as the waves, as as being in the boat, and and those, I don't think the way those are intersected in the in the books, you'd have to completely change those scenes to make those work in a TV show or a movie. And they wouldn't work as well. And so I I I I love the usage of the medium, which I'm always a big fan of. And it just brought it even more emotionally to us. And there's something about comic book reading that allows you not something about I mean it obviously it's a comic book versus a movie a movie forces you to watch it at its own pace mm-hmm. whereas a comic book you can slow down and read it at your pace um yeah or speed it up at your pace um and i i appreciate that because you can linger over a panel 
you can linger over an image where a movie obviously you can't like it could yeah. do the colors it could do you know the visual of a woman on a boat with you know book pages as water kind of thing it could technically do that with cgi or even you know like practical effects um but it would force you to look at it as it wanted you to look at it yeah whereas with a comic book you can look at it as you want to look at mm -hmm. it which i always appreciate which is kind of why i prefer comic book art as a comic book absolutely personally one of the things i really kind of liked was the ending uh, how that focus on kind of keeping that memory, even as like Richard said, this is kind of a baby they'll never meet kind of thing. I know I don't want to, you know, I don't have kind of the permission to tell this story, but I, I also know someone who lived this kind of almost exact same story, not, um, not through a kind of, <laughs> they had, they went through this kind of multiple times and, um, they also were able to eventually have children, but uh, they lost multiple children through stillbirths. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, have you ever heard Mother's Rings? Oh, I think so. Maybe I'm Yeah, where you, where you get rings that have your children's birthstones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they have, they have Mother's Rings where it's got like not just the two kind of living children, but also like the to stillborn children because you know they had birth dates they just yeah. weren't yeah and so like you know with the counseling and everything it's you come to terms with this and that's one way to do it is to kind of in the same way you accept death of people you know you mm -hmm. accept death of people you don't mm -hmm the yeah and, and and it's almost even harder because it's not just like you know when you're when someone who's lived a life you know even even if it's a short life you you've seen what they ha are and what they become at, up to that moment obviously it's more tragic the younger they are but with with like a stillbirth and it's it's like there's so much like what they could have been is in the air and it's like i, I think this makes it even harder you know, like, because it's like you're you're celebrating somebody who could have been something and you have no idea what that could have been. I did love at the very end when um, they're going to read the book, the published book to um, the the son and they don't do it at home. They do it at the end of a pier, you know, around water. It's, and I don't know if I like misread what it was supposed to symbolize or whatever, but it just felt like I was under got, the assumption that that's where the partner laid the ashes. That's what I thought. Oh, so. is that where they let, that, laid the ashes? That, that, they don't show that, it. No, no, not I, I checked. She wasn't there. I think it was while she was still hospitalized. That's yeah. what. I was oh. thought that we were made to assume. Okay, yeah. see, I didn't catch that, but I just, I thought it no, was- No, it's not on the page at all. It's, oh, an okay. no, it's I, a I leap of logic that you're forced to make. Okay, I, I just thought it was because, you know, um, the um, the main character um, has such, um, sh like, such an association with water that 
and water seems to be like really a part of her being and she dreams about like water and everything I thought like maybe by being surrounded by water in that moment you feel the connection that like he is everywhere even though he's Mm. physically nowhere and so I thought like that's why they went to the end of the pier to read to him is because of the connection to water and like he's he's constantly with them but it just felt very poignant where it's they didn't go to the sad little room that was supposed to be the nursery and do it right no they went they went somewhere that they enjoy where they loved obviously like being outdoors and near water so I just thought that was really poignant to have that happen as opposed to just you know go to the coffee table or the dinner table and do it no, one of the best characters is the partner. Like she doesn't yes. even get much lines or much to do, but like whatever she's amazingly supportive in this she time is. that I'm sure she's mm-hmm. struggling as well. And like, I will tell you this, like in my own relationships, I, I completely honest where you struggle this, like she, she's she like has a very depth chest. She knows when to do just enough, when to pull away when uh when you know our main character needs space you know when she needs more connection and i know that that that's a minefield to you know to Mm -hmm. to, to navigate Mm -hmm. and it just like it's so it felt very heartwarming because it's just like as soon as like our our main character is kind of going into despair she she would like pop up if she Mm -hmm. if if the main character was along and then like at time oh please darcy go ahead it's one of those things it's one of those things, you know, because it's an autobiography. So mm-hmm. you know that there had to have been bad times, right? Of course. There had to have been arguments in real life. But Ingrid is portraying her as this was how I felt about her. You right. know, like looking back at it. Yes. That's pretty cool. Right. She's definitely MVP in the book. Oh, but yeah, help. definitely tethers her. Also, the, the, the cute doggy. Oh, <laughs> I yeah, got a dog. That was gonna be my secondary, my secondary MVP. Actually, I I was gonna the dog, the that ended up helping her cope on the beach. I loved that. that and then moment. she got a dog because of it. Yeah, exactly. I think that was really cool. No, I was gonna just add that. Um, the word that came to mind about the partner was resilient. Yeah, she was just yeah. so. Because she, like Richard said, she was dealing with her own grief. Like the part where um, the nurse offers to take a photo of the baby to Oof. have as a keepsake, which they do. That's standard fare in any mm-hmm. hospital. Um, Still and, heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. You're, they cut off locks of hair. If there's hair, they take a picture. Um, any of the little baby, like they give the family like a keepsake box. Um, of, because my mom's a postpartum nurse. So she's had um, infant deaths. Um, with some of her patients and so they give like the family a keepsake box where it's like a lock of hair the id bracelet the photo and the little hospital issued uh jammies that all the babies get um so they and they do that uh, so that way the family could have it and um when the nurse asks you know if there's clothes that they want the baby to wear and then the wife says like oh i forgot and and she breaks down that was really tough because you know she's she's allowed those moments of weakness and you forget I think too sometimes like especially in whatever relationships that we have 
when we're, we're, we're very selfish in our grief as humans, we're very selfish in our depression and in our emotional states or whatever. And I, and, and I'll speak from personal experience about that, but like, I do feel that when the readers introduced to that moment of like vulnerability of the wife, you're like, oh shit, she's going through the exact same thing, even though she did not carry the child. She lost a child with her wife. Like it's, it's the couple. And I think sometimes we forget that there's another person involved in sharing our grief when we are going through something. And I think that's always important to remember that there's, when you're in a relationship, you know, like there's two of you going through it. And so I just, I, I loved, I, I just, I loved the whole thing. And even though it was really tough, it was just so good. Thank you for picking it, Darcy. Yeah, definitely. You're welcome. I felt it was fairly timely for mm-hmm. reasons fairly opposite of <laughs> what it actually kind of is. Um, well, there's something going on. I haven't watched the news. There yeah. is something going on. <laughs> Because, you know, uh, in America, not in France, she might have gone to jail for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can see and, how that And so might bad. the doctor have. <laughs> so, wait, what? You can't have a stillborn? That's the thing. Some people, they're, they're, they're going to say. Oh, some, they, some stillbirths might not have. Cause, you right, know. right. But there are, in some of these more hardcore states, they would be mm. treating that like you didn't do everything to protect that baby's yeah. life and you may yeah. be able to be prosecuted. It's a bad yeah. time. We're having a bad time. I mean, she would have, you know, if, if she would have lost that baby at home, uh, somebody would have been like, oh, you probably did that on purpose in Texas. You know, some a neighbor would have gone, oh, you probably did that on purpose and sent her to jail. Like that woman who got uh, thrown in jail on murder charges for um, causing an abortion. They found out it was just a mis- miscarriage. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. So, well, you know. Yeah. These things happen to so many women. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a thing I want to highlight that like something around we don't even know how many women have miscarriages because so many miscarriages happen before women even know they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. So the number of women who have miscarriages, we don't even know the number of women who have stillbirths. You don't know because a lot of women don't talk about them. Uh, so unless you know, unless unless a woman tells you they have, you know, they've they've gone through the situation, you probably don't even know, um, mm-hmm. because it's, it's just something people don't talk about because it's really tragic. Plus, also, I mean, society and is like a it's like a pariah. They look down it, on on this, and they shouldn't. Yes, and so the fact that these sorts of things are being criminalized is absolutely completely and utterly disgusting Mm -hmm. uh the fact that you could go to jail for these sorts of things is vile also the body naturally does this shit and sometimes it needs help to expel uh what's left behind and medical abortion is what is necessary for that so the medical procedures that are done for this are being made illegal. So the doctor and the patient could 
both be prosecuted for what have to be done as healthcare in these situations. And that is revolting that that's illegal when people are already suffering. And then on top of that, who the fuck cares about what people do making these choices on their own? If a woman wants to get abortion, let her get an abortion. It's her own goddamn body. Stop fucking getting involved in her own goddamn body. It's none of your goddamn business. So that's my little rant at the end of this. The book is fabulous. Maybe some people more, some, maybe some more people need to read it to like learn a little bit of fucking empathy. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the empathy um, isn't really hot right now. Though. Yeah, it's, it's not really hot right now, <laughs> and it, it should be so. It should be. Um, Hopefully, empathy makes a comeback, but it's hopefully. just not, not just the thing right now. To so. add to the empathy of this book, I th- I'm pretty sure the scar that ingrid has is a hysterectomy scar because i know that a lot of um stillbirths result in having to get a hysterectomy mm. so not it's, all of them i know not all of them but i i it's kind of the vibe i got was that not only was this the the closest they had to a childbirth but this was the the last chance to have a, a natural childbirth as well it, and, i mean like you're saying it could be but uh the yeah. woman I know who, who had it had two, like I said, had two stillbirths and then had two children afterwards. So mm-hmm. not necessarily. It, it, no, it, it is definitely not. But I think there is some medical, something that could happen medically where yeah. it, it, it causes that a hysterectomy has to happen. I know it, it also happens with, um, with some childbirths as well, actual childbirths, like that the, the, uh, the mom is, is forced to have a hysterectomy afterwards to save her life. And yeah. it's sad that, that even that can probably almost be considered illegal now going forward in some states so let's just see if it goes so oh yeah getting a hysterectomy is a giant pain in the ass i've been trying for years <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah i know but and it's just sad though i mean that just makes it even sadder um but overall i mean like i said like the book's about going through trauma and and surviving it and coming out of it you know in and making the best of of a of a shitty situation and it, it really does portray that very well. And it was a very excellent read. And it's available if you have the unlimited subscription. It's available for free. And it's a quick read. It's like 90 pages. So it's like a half hour at the most. Yeah. So it's maybe. And again, to be a broken record, it's a unique comic book that uh, back in the day didn't necessarily exist, giving you a very unique perspective on something you probably haven't thought about So just on the strength of that it's probably worth reading on top of it it's fabulous and extremely good yeah it's like it's not the sort of story that gets told every day yeah and it should be um it should be told like i i you know no offense to the author but um ingrid chabert did herself a disservice in the notes she said that she didn't want her book to be quote unquote like another story about a couple of women trying to get pregnant and I don't read a lot of stories about two <laughs> women trying to get pregnant. I mean, I, I'd love to read more stories also like true. that. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, when she made that comment, I'm like, oh, I want to read those books. Like, <laughs> those are the books that I think a lot of us need to be reading just because it's that, a different viewpoint. 
that yeah. might say more about like French publishing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Also true. Maybe that's maybe that says something about America publishing versus mm-hmm. French publishing. Maybe we're living in the wrong country. <laughs> you speaking the wrong language. <laughs> it, I'll be really honest with you. I I've, I've never felt um the pulls to leave America ever. Like I I and I'm not saying for traveling. I'm saying to like actually live. I I haven't ever felt that pull. Until I saw a tweet from um, somebody in Australia today where I was like, oh, they made a, a like a somewhat not joke, but a joke about um, about school shootings in America. And it was very plainly written. And I was like, wow, actually, no, I do want to leave the country. That would be great. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to live here anymore. It was the first time I ever really came to terms with that feeling. So, Brian, you may uh, have found somebody who finally wants to leave. I've- I, I was an opponent. Yeah, Brian's been <laughs> wanting to leave for a long time now. <laughs> Stop this country! I want to get off. Um, but... Having having been someone who left, yeah, um, it doesn't necessarily always make things better. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, Every the, country has their went... own problems. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. that is true. And I always tell people this: the one of the greatest things that makes America actually great is that it's strategically placed. It is nice being the only superpower in the area. Yeah. No, when you go to Europe, as you can no, no, as you can see in Ukraine, if somebody wants to be, you know, ridiculous, they are right next door. That's You're so in the true. Middle East, they are right next door if someone wants to be ridiculous. It's exactly. no, it takes a lot to get over here. <laughs> I guess it takes it takes a little bit to get to Australia too, though. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. You want to go here, Australia, New Zealand. You, know, you got to worry about the emus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a but reason no, no, why it's a, it's a real thing. Like, yeah, yeah, we 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 made sure to you know like keep all of South America down through like the CIA mm-hmm. and all that nonsense. Yes. Yeah. That was, and, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, no. We we've, uh, we we've tamed the land. You've gotten rid the of America all school. the. Yeah, yeah. All, you've gotten rid of all your common predators in the area. Oh and God. all you have to do is yeah. worry about predators abroad. And I mean. Like we're we're being semi flippant and jokey about it, but like if if what's happening with Russia and Ukraine progresses and we do see an actual world war, like here Australia New Zealand end up being like the safest place to the planet just because of sheer distance. Yeah, there's a reason why all our missiles and and military infrastructure is in Kansas because it's <laughs> far away from everybody, you know. So. Fun times, fun things to think about. (laughs) Yeah, but well, more positive things. Um, This was a fantastic book, and we're here to talk about comics, and we're going to talk about comics next week and keep on doing it in the near distant future. And near distant future, what the heck was that? Okay, so any last future perfect it means it means all the futures all the the upcoming future and the distant future days of the future past i don't know sure (laughs) all right any last comments about the book or are we ready to to move on artwork's fabulous yes artwork is fabulous coloring's beautiful the lettering was really good it's really easy to read Mm -hmm. i want to see more work by both of them um, oh, Darren Bennett, by the way, is the letterer. I just, mm. I, we didn't mention that earlier. And once um, you mentioned the translator, I realized I didn't look at the right page when I was putting in the info in, <laughs> in our notes. And I found the translator and the uh, the letterer. So I added that to our notes. So it'll be in our show notes for the episode. So, 
yeah all right well uh anything else before i close this up for the for the week anything in general nothing you want guys want to say no? okay mm-hmm. all right well in that case we've reached the end of the show and thank you to everyone listening to our show as always. Uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Good Pods as CDV Pod. Uh, for our book clubbers on Friday, we will announce the next episode's main subject on Instagram, and you can follow along uh, if you want to join in on the conversation. Uh, before we record, we usually record on a Monday or a Tuesday. Our email is uh, comicsisarebetter at gmail.com. Uh, and our website is comicsisarebetter.wordpress.com where you can request an episode, a feature subject for an episode that is. And Darcy, where can we find you? I am at books underscore serial and booksandserial.wordpress.com. Unfortunately, there will be no more talking about uh, Squirrel Girl, the unbeatable radio (laughs) show, because it finished this week and it finished solidly. It was just yes. a fantastic ending um i i just i don't i uh, i'm gonna miss it so bad i'm gonna have to go back and re-listen mm-hmm. um i i won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't uh listened because you need to go listen like 100 if you have not listened to squirrel girl uh you need to listen do ryan north a solid not that he needs it but do it anyway do me a solid do everybody a solid do yourself a solid go fucking listen to this show it's amazing <laughs> uh, I, and i'm still listening to batman unburied it's because that's it's, wrong. <laughs> uh, i i thought it was gonna i thought i'm I, kind of i'm kind of disappointed that it i i thought that the whole oh it's in his head thing wasn't gonna be real like I thought that was just a, like a like a like a I don't know like a trick or something like oh I've got a headache when I see the pearls rip like uh, that's that's too obvious that it's just in his head but then it yeah. was just in his head and he's actually like Batman and Gotham and it's it seemed a little bit too obvious but it was too obvious I mean it wasn't too obvious it was the actual obvious thing and now I'm just like I don't know and Renee, Renee Montoya is a little whiny and. I don't know. I don't know I, how to feel about it. I love Barbara, though. The, the portrayal of Barbara Gordon is, I love it so much. I don't know. Because, I because don't know how to feel. She's, she's kind of stupid. No, I, I think the opposite, because she's, like, solving crimes with, like, you know, with, with um, or solving things with, with all her hacking abilities, and she's getting into places, and she's, she's kind of figuring things out, and I also do like but the riddles aren't really smart riddles. They're, they're not they're kind smart of riddles. really basic riddles. They are. And <laughs> she's doing really dumb things in front of people, really obvious. Like she's just in front of like detectives that are really obviously bad, like in the middle of the police station in her partner's cop car. <laughs> like just she used her first name in front of that one guy. She's doing really stupid stuff. Well, I, 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 I feel a little bit different, but once again, we can agree to, to disagree. On, we can. I've I've been on the wrong side of uh, of of the arguments. <laughs> so, so, so I probably am on this one too. Uh, but yeah, I, I uh, just being very unbaddy. Yeah, I don't know. 
she's being very unsubtle. She's being very un unsecret agenty. That's true, and, but it's a different portrayal because she's a cop in this one. And but also, hasn't she read a Batman comic book? Obviously, Flash is a bad guy. I mean, like he always is in the comics. <laughs> even even if he wasn't a bad guy, yeah. he's obviously a douchebag. You don't oh, do secret stuff in front of his face. Yeah. And I love the portrayal of <laughs> I think that's probably one of my favorite Riddlers ever. Uh though I, I love the Riddler. In this. The Riddler, yeah, his Riddlers, okay. Oh my god, I love it. But yeah, okay. Who's doing the acting? I missed the I forgot his I, name. I recognize his voice, but I think I missed the credits. Um I forgot his name. That's fine. That's not a big deal. Gina Rodriguez, I, I, I think, is is Batgirl. Um, but I forget who is but he's all, all the voice acting's really fantastic. Yes, like the, the SFX work, the voice acting's really freaking solid. I'm just I'm not sold on a lot of the character work. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the the plot's a little obvious and I feel bad about it because I, you know. Once it became mind control, it was obvious who the villain was, and then, yep, it was that villain. Yeah. And so, so yeah. And in fact, there was a Batman animated series episode that is basically this, this, uh, <laughs> this, this thing. But anyways, um, they um, Squirrel Girl is good. It's really Squirrel good. Squirrel Girl is amazing. And I'm like you, Darcy. I usually don't re- re-listen to stuff like that. And this is something I don't. Really I mean, I don't nice. either. Not the modern stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. I've got too much to listen to. That's the same thing too. It's <laughs> but gonna, I'm totally gonna go back and relive. I'm gonna have to cut into my my to listen pile and listen to this instead. So yeah, <laughs> do that. All right. Well, and Richard, where, where can we find you? Um, I'm at Tapcat360, being sad with the uh, state of the world and mm. both the uh, Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers breaking my heart tonight. I so. don't know what's oh. happening with the Panthers. I mean, that's, seriously. That's my, well, nothing's happening because. The season's yeah. over. <laughs> oh. Did they lose today? <laughs> yeah, they lost tonight. They lost today? Oh, I, I hadn't even paid attention. They, oh. they, 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 they met their broom and got swept right out the playoffs. So. Well, at least it was by Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay no, is... it's worse. I hate them. Oh, I know. But I'm just like, at least it's the last the team that's won the, the cup two times Oh, in it's a row. the best team. I, I take sauce. And, oh, screw them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you hear that, like Tampa that. Bay? Screw you. I like that. <laughs> In fact, you know what? That's our uh, our podcast <laughs> mantra now is screw you, Tampa Bay. <laughs> Let's do like our podcast and unscrew you. Um, <laughs> and Karen, do you have a non-prof? Um, I don't. I just like to tell everybody that my birthday is in 10 days. Yay. And I'm very excited for it. <laughs> no, I, did, I should have picked a non-prof, but um, I was um, on Instagram not looking that up. <laughs> I was looking up stuff from a uh, all-star seven and following my favorite dra- drag queens and seeing what cannabis companies that they endorse so um sorry go buy weed from a local shop that's like queer owned there, there that's go. your assignment okay that's a good one it's not a non-profit but it's still helping the community that'll do <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm somewhere on all play times you can find me on this podcast and I'm Brian underscore CB on Instagram. So for Darcy, Richard, and Carrie, I am Brian, and this has been the Comics Deserve Better podcast. And remember, comics deserve better, and everyone deserves comics. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.